Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Welcome back everyone. And for those of you who may be new to this podcast, Walk the Mile, it's been uh, going for the last two episodes, it's our third episode. Thank you once again to all those people who've given feedback and uh, different comments and helped us along the way. It's been really good. And as per usual, if you'd like to be part of this, please let me know. If you've got topics you'd like us to discuss, let me know as well. Today, I'm here in conversation with young Miss Jola Cumming, (laughs) who is our Indigenous student support worker. And uh, she's also a PDHPE teacher. She's been here for the last 12 months. It's been fantastic to have her here. Uh, we're meeting together because from the 8th to the 15th of November, it is NAIDOC week, and we'll be celebrating NAIDOC week in week five of our term. We're meeting together today on Gadigal land, and I'll pass it over to Jola from here. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Um, yep, so my name is Jola Cumming and I'm a proud Butchula and Gadawa Saltwater Murray woman. And just adding on what Gary's had to say, I'd also just like to acknowledge traditional owners of the lands and waterways in which we're speaking this afternoon. Thank you, Jola. So Jola, because you've only been a, here a year, I'm sure many people have met you or seen you around the place. Can you explain a little bit about what you do, what you've done this year? What sort of things have you been involved in? Yeah, so I guess um, it was quite a relatively new role. So I guess uh, the role has developed across the year and it's kind of just finding my feet in what works, how the school works. Um, But mostly it's focused around supporting the Indigenous students that we have here at Skeggs and supporting the local community as well. Um, Adding culturally diverse content into all of the subject areas so whether that be you know history geography pdhpe things like that so liaisoning with the um, heads of departments and other teachers in how they can incorporate aboriginal culture and knowledge and teaching and practices into their everyday teaching practices um and yeah i guess just like my aim for this year has been to uh, increase the cultural competency of not only the students here at Skeggs but the staff as well mm. um, and hopefully you know through whether that's um, with the RAP so the Reconciliation Action Plan or just with conversations um, and different you know bits here and there hopefully that's allowed for the conversation to be started you know how can we be better and do better in terms of you know, incorporating this knowledge of the traditional owners that were here first. And I guess that's what's really awesome about NAIDOC week is that we get to celebrate that. And mm. it's a week dedicated to that. And I love NAIDOC week, but I guess it's that's a little snapshot of how we would love it to be, you know, 365 right. days a year. So NAIDOC week is a celebration of culture yep. and of history. Yes. And so... When you say, and you love NADOC work because it is that, what are those things which which you um, would want everyone to celebrate? 
What in terms of your own culture and your own history? During that week or any time. As you say, you want it to be all the time. Yeah. So what if if in your perfect world, yeah. What would that look like? Um, I think it would be just listening. I think that um, you know, I myself even need to get better at listening and just listening to the stories of the past, mm-hmm. I think give you a better grasp and understanding of the future and where we need to go um, because we do have quite a dark history for our people in Australia and it's not to dwell on the past but it's acknowledging that that past has led to the mm. intergenerational trauma um, you know the distrust between a lot of Aboriginal communities and non-Indigenous communities even you know government schools things like that so it's just um and it's also walking alongside each other rather than, you know, non-Indigenous people being like, oh, we've got to help and put our hands here. It's using the strengths mm. of Indigenous people and sharing that knowledge. Yeah. And so it's sort of, uh, obviously, NAIDOC Week concentrates on our Indigenous people. But at the same time, you, you, you're saying you like it because it's about celebrating diversity amongst all cultures and all races. Would that be right? Um, I think well, it well, encourages it's, that. It's, yeah, it's, uh, NAIDOC really focuses on yeah. that, on our Aboriginal and Torres Strait people, but but it's um, it, it makes us think wider than yeah. just our own culture. Yeah, it's a good it's a good conversation starter, mm. but it doesn't finish there. If yeah. that makes sense, and it does. You know, if you're able to open up and you know really listen and learn from one culture, it mm. gives you those skills to be able to you know, learn about a lot of other cultures and, um, yeah, I think it just creates awareness Mm. and I think, yeah, just to get the the conversation starting and I guess, like, you know, that's what we're doing here, yeah, having Mm. a conversation and then from what happens there, hopefully, Mm. you know, I guess it's what you do with that information as well. So you can also have a conversation and that might be great and you might be like, wow, that's so awesome, I didn't know that. But then what are you going to do with that information as well? Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, or someone's story, as you said yeah. before, the stories. So um, can you tell us a bit about why you wanted to do this? Or, you know, what led you to being in this position here at Skeggs? Yeah, well, I guess, like, I guess the question you get asked a lot, hey, um, and I think to understand the passion and the real reason to why this job is so important to me and why it um, was really important for me to apply would I think you have to stand I guess my whole understanding of education and cultural identity and I think for me that has started well that story begins at a very young age um, and yeah my life experiences um, but yeah, so um, as a child up until the age of 16, I grew up in out-of-home care, also known as foster care at the time. Um, and I guess that alone puts a strain on your identity, oh, your course. sense of belonging. Um, and I guess I, I always knew that I was Aboriginal and I was proud but what that meant to me, I don't think I had a good understanding. Mm. I knew I could identify with it and I would say it, but I'm not sure that I 
felt it. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I guess, you know, it's um, quite a challenging environment to grow up in. A lot of homes, you know, who are meant to care for you and nurture you and I guess provide that sense of belonging and identity, um, you know, merely did the opposite and, mm. um, yeah, I guess, like, it was, it was very challenging um, and it didn't really expose me to all the life has to offer, you know, um, I was very restricted and I guess that also comes with, I guess, a stereotype, you know, that sure. even from young, you know, we were told, oh, your parents don't love you, you, they got rid of you and, and that, I guess, has a toll on a young kid. Yeah. And, um, if we were truly to listen to that, I don't think I'd be here today, but I think yeah. knowing what to take in and think, nah, that's, that's not right. Like, you know, I guess. So was there like a wonder in you? Like, that's not right. As you said, you had these messages. It's not right. It doesn't fit right. And then from that, did it sort of push a bit of a search for you? Yeah, I guess, I don't know. I just always knew that this wasn't what my life was going to be. Like mm. This this wasn't, I don't know. And I, I guess I have my brother to thank for that as well. Um, my brother's a year older than me and he just like, he's just always been a, such a driven and focused person um, and a real role model for me as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and I guess where education come into play was that he got a scholarship to a school in Sydney um, for his sporting abilities, like he was a great athlete, um, and that got him in the door to a really prestigious school in a way. And from there, you know, he was like, we can't, we lived in a small country town, um, and so we'd never really been to maybe we'd been to Sydney like a couple of times in our lives. So it was like the big city, like yeah. it was crazy, and so um, yeah, he was like, oh, you've, yeah, like I was still living back in Yass, um, just attending a local high school there. And, you know, he was like, oh, he's so mad. Like, you just got to, you've got to go to Sydney. Like, it's so much better than this little town, you know. <laughs> like, there's all these things, like shopping malls and just crazy stuff. And then, so I guess that um, inspired me to apply for scholarships. Um, applying for scholarships was our only means, of course. Um, unfortunately, people... Well, the various foster homes that we were moving to and from weren't able to pay for schools like that, um, and we needed to attend a boarding school mm. to be one in one in Sydney, of course. And so, yeah, I guess I applied, and I applied for Saint Vincent's College, um, and luckily I got in, and I did my 10, 11, 12, yeah, years 10, 11, 12 there, um, and. I think it wasn't getting the scholarship that changed my look on what education can really do for someone and a structure and a supporting and loving environment, um, whether that be family, friends, or just a safe place mm. to be. But it was, I think, you know, throughout those three years. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Would you say those three years helped you? Because before you were talking about your identity and not mm. really knowing... Did you think those three years were very formative in you understanding your identity as a as an Aboriginal woman? I think massively. I used to cry a lot. Mm. As a teenager, I was a big sook. Um, and I guess I was just sad because I was so confused and conflicted and 
where did I belong? You know, we didn't have stable foster homes. At 16, we were asked to leave. My brother and I were asked to leave our foster home. So that ultimately left us with school mm. and having to just couch surf from friends in the holidays. And I guess, you know, that's just, like, it's a lot to take on whilst trying to discover who you are. I think yeah. as a teenager, you're yeah. going through those thoughts already. already. Yeah. But then if you, you know, you don't have a home, you're at a school, you're trying to make new friends. I guess it just was a whole whirlwind. But I think that I um, made some really, really solid friendships. And I think they've helped contribute to the person that I am today. And I'm still friends with those people, which is incredible um, from St. Vincent's. And yeah, a bit of structure, a bit of discipline. And just that experience allowed me to see that if I wanted to be something I could and if I put, if I put my mind to it nothing was going to stop me mm, and yeah. I never had that possibility as a kid I think I remember saying this to you like my I didn't know what any of that stuff was I remember my brother and I having conversations like oh what do you reckon we're going to be when we're older and I was like oh, I just hope I'm pretty like I didn't know I didn't have any aspirations <laughs> mm. I didn't you know and then I guess I came to school and I could see the possibility of uni I could see the possibility yeah. of having a job yeah. and I could see the possibility of changing the intergenerational trauma that had been passed down onto me and I guess understanding that was a big part of yeah. my identity as well great so would you say it gave you hope yeah 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 I think it gave me hope yeah yeah that's fantastic and just tying that in I guess with when you you know one of your initial comments was about how much you love NADOC week and NADOC being a celebration of culture and history and I'd like to add to that identity mm. and uh, and I can hear you when you're talking about all of this you know being able to celebrate who you are culturally historically just you know I speak about this a lot with lots of people about being able to accept you know I'm okay as I am mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of pressure for people from our society to be someone else or, you know, to, to assimilate to a certain way or, yeah. you know, um, in order to make everyone else feel comfortable sometimes. Would you say that's right? Do you think it's a celebration of identity as well for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, and cultural identity, which is massive because culture, well, it can and it does shape a big part of someone's identity. Mm. And our culture isn't just something we identify with. It's a safe space. It's you know learning its connection to the land its connection to other people so connection yeah. to our mob even just connecting with other indigenous people you know like yeah. it's it's knowing that beyond your little herd of people mm. there's a wider community yeah. looking out for you supporting yeah. you cheering you on yeah and that goes well with what you were saying before you know not wearing not sorry not knowing where you belong and and here you are having a having a sense of belonging within yourself, but also of a a greater, bigger, historical community. Yeah. You know that has so much meaning and depth, and um, and I guess the other thing, you know, often you know the history of the the indigenous people in in Australia, you know, 60, 65,000 years, and some, yeah, and some. You know, and a lot of that history. Um, it's 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 so rich and interesting in that way, and then unfortunately we have the, 
you know, the first fleet and all that history that comes along and how that sort of changes culture or maybe not changes culture but impacts on culture. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you how do you separate the two? Like how do you how do you move past that? Because it, it seems as though it does have just that that you know, the last two hundred years does have such a big impact. But there's all these thousands of years which should be so much more important. How do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Um, I guess like I said at the start, you've got to understand where things change for our people and how it's affected us now Mm. um and even myself I I never understood that until I was you know a couple of when I was 23 so two years ago when Mm. I was when I first met my you know aunties and uncles so from my mum's side of the family for the first time ever and um before then I was a little bit angry at the situation that I was put in and I just thought, how could someone do this? You know, who would just, you know, put their children in this situation? And I never really understood the circumstances that led, you know, my parents not being able to look after me. And I guess it was meeting my Aboriginal family and finding out the history and just all of the past the wrongdoings that my family has had to go through it made me feel like my problems were minuscule you know like Mm. so my great grandmother and grandfather both were stolen and forcibly removed from their family and taken to missions and they were taken to Sherberg mission it's Mm. like in the middle of Queensland right and then their children the same thing they were made to live on the mission and it was not until my grandma, um, Nana Muki, and her sister, Nana Aileen, they ran away from the mission. And you, you just think about it, at 14, my Nana ran away from Sherberg Mission in the middle of Queensland and hiked to Sydney. Oh my gosh. And I just think, what? <laughs> yeah, like it's just incredible to it's think about at the time. Yeah, it? It's like just, refugees, isn't it? It's a, it's, yeah. it's, she was a refugee, basically. Yeah, but in her own country. Yeah, in her own country. Yeah. A displaced. Yeah. Um, refugee. And on the, yeah, on the run. And Eternally just, displaced. And I guess then, you know, that fractured her relationships with her own kids when she had kids. and. They were also placed in foster homes and then, you know, they suffered abuse and trauma and, you know, chucking drugs and alcohol into the mix. It just, you know, I don't, I now understand how hard it was for them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And my brother and I always say that this is a generation when it stops. You know, we we believe we broke free from that cycle Mm -hmm. Um, and... We credit that to the resilience of our great nana and our nana and my mom mm. and all of those, you know, strong indigenous people, especially for me, women, yeah. that have, you know, parved the yeah. way before me. So it's like an individual, it's not just the, the history that we talk about in school, mm. but it's like your individual history. You sort of have to make a move from that as well. Yeah. And, and say, well, I know that's happened, but... I've got to, I've got to find a way forward, and that's what you've done, isn't it? Like you've said, I've got to find a way forward. I don't want this to be my story. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's easier to kind of say like, oh, you know, I've had this, this and this, and it's easier to succumb to what's been, you know, the path that's been chosen yeah. for you. And it's a lot harder to go left when everything's telling you to go right. But it's so much more worth it. And now I think about, you know, I know my history. I've seen the um, positives that can come from education. And I guess in, you know, saying that again, why I've chosen to um, work with uh, in the area of PDHPE is that it's a subject that, you know, talks about mental health, sexual health, diversity. It looks at giving you the health skills, you know, who, who are your support networks? It shows you what a relationship should look like mm. and all of those skills that go beyond the classroom. And I think that's really important. And I think, or I hope that's what I'm doing with my, you know, working with the Indigenous girls is that if we can say that we have given particularly the Indigenous girls all of the skills that they can go out there and be the best versions of themselves, I think... You know, we've yeah, done a good job. Yeah, no, it sounds fantastic. Um, before, there's two more things I want to ask you. You talked about cultural competency. Can you just mm. explain that a bit more? What that means? Um, uh, what that I'm means to you? But my understanding what that, yeah, what that is, is uh, being aware, being sensitive, and using appropriate language, terminologies, and attitudes towards Indigenous people. So. It might be how you, whether you use Indigenous or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and making sure you don't paraphrase or use acronyms when referring to our people, mm-hmm. um, just little things like that. So allowing your language, your environment and everything around that to be culturally safe for an Indigenous person to step in and feel equal, mm. welcomed, mm. valued. Okay. So in terms of the school, like it's almost like creating a, a sensitivity yeah, a safe towards, space a safe that, space. you know, um, the girls can walk in here and know that they aren't going to get a question coming their way about, you know, the colour of their skin mm. or anything like that. So it's just being culturally aware that um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we, we look different, we talk different, we come from all walks of life, yeah. but we have that connection. Yeah. And I guess it's just being, yeah, culturally, just listening and learning and embracing the differences. Mm, that's great. And NAIDOC Week, just come back to NAIDOC Week, can you tell yep. us just about some of the things you're going to be doing for NAIDOC yeah. Week this year? Um, I'm, I'm excited. We've got some really good stuff. Um, and yeah, I want to really embrace this week within the school. Um, so for the staff in particular, we're having a um, the whole day, we're catering Indigenous food, so native bush foods, bush tucker. We've got, you know, lemon myrtle, barramundi, um, wattle seed pancakes, and the wattle seed pancakes actually will be offered for the, in the canteen for the students as well. So um, that's pretty awesome. We're going to have a wall of fame, which we're going to show all awesome and deadly Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander role models and people that, you know, in all walks of life, artists, athletes, um, actors, all of those things. We're going to have a bush tucker garden. We're going to yeah, start the planting of that, which is awesome. Um, and oh, it's so many to remember off the top of my head. We're launching the plaque, so we're going to get an acknowledgement of country plaque um, here within Skeggs, and we're launching that. So the Indigenous girls and I are creating that at the moment, and we're going to 
yeah, kind of launched that during NADOC week. We're going to be looking at um, looking more social justice um, focus, but also tying in in NADOC week is we're going to go to an organisation kit for bags and we're going to donate our old sports equipment, sports gear, all of those things. Um, we're going to set up like some mad kits and donate those to remote and rural Aboriginal communities. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've got an art. They're exploring the, uh, you know, um, the NADOC poster, um, history. We'll be looking at the focus of the, you know, um, theme for the year. Yeah. Um, so the theme for the year is, you know, always was, always will be. Yeah, we've got many more, but yeah. That's great. It's a little taste test. I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. Well, thank you very much, Jala. Thank you for just sharing your story. I think that was very, um, very gracious of you, generous of you to do that. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story, but quite an inspiring story, I'm sure, for other Indigenous uh, women, people, but also for everybody, just to... You know, that, that seeking of identity, seeking of something else, you know, not just, as you said, not just putting up with what's given to you, but, mm. but striving for, for, it's like striving for meaning or purpose in your life. I think that's a, that's a great thing and I admire you for that. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> it's been great to have you part of our conversation. As I said before, please drop me a line if you'd like to be part of it or... Give us some feedback. We've got one more episode this term, this year. It's a special Christmas episode coming up. And I uh, look forward to uh, having you there with us as we talk about uh, Christmas, Christmas and what it has to offer us. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thanks very much, Jola. See you all later. Take care. See ya.